0: You know, the feeling that a lot of, I think, single moms or any single parent truthfully feels is it's all on you. Even if I'm tired in the morning, it's still on me to make breakfast. It's still on me to make lunch. There's no sort of backup strategy in any of those things. And sometimes we take light having those backup strategies. Um, In general, you still kind of feel like the buck stops with you.
1: I'm Jeff Stormer, and you're listening to Sustainability at Work, a podcast about real stories of charitable action, community, and giving back. In this episode, we're spotlighting single moms, unpacking the challenges that they face, and meeting a nonprofit that seeks to empower them to pursue their educational goals. You just heard from Anadina Reinen, Senior Vice President of Strategy and Business Transformation and Manufacturing at Jarrant, a summit-level Salesforce consulting and implementation partner and solutions provider. Anandi is also a single mom who spent years balancing career goals with making sure her kids got the attention, love, and support they needed. Let's hear some more from Anandi as she breaks down a day in the life of a working single mom.
0: You know, when I look back now, my kids are much older, but when I look back and I think about some of their earlier childhood days, I don't even know how I did it. How did I wake up so early every day, prepare everything, drive them to daycare or school and then or to the bus stop and then make sure something was available for them as soon as they got home as a snack or dinner because I would often be home later than they are and then make sure their homework was done and make sure that they felt comfortable for the next day at school and I always spent time with my kids at the end of the day and we would talk about the day what happened in your day that was amazing what happened in your day that was bad and just really being present to all of that and making sure that they felt like they had somebody to put their feelings on and resolve some issues whether those issues were social issues or any other thing that was pressing on their minds you know and then and getting them bathed and getting them to bed. And then often at that point, I would actually start work again because I would tell my employer, I asked at about five or five 30, I, I have to shut down. I can't do anything, but I can pick up again at nine o'clock. Right. And then I would do that pick up again at nine o'clock till about midnight to then just go to bed and start all over again. And that was just my cycle. Every single day, um, people would ask me, do you watch TV? I'm like, where's where do you where's TV in that equation? <laughs> it doesn't, doesn't have a spot. <laughs> I'd have to drop something else, right? And then you add in summer activities where like kids are in soccer or they're in swimming or they're doing all these other things. And you're like, wow, like now I have to pile in those evening hours and make sure I'm spending time with you, you know, uh, it's a lot.
1: And the thing about that work, and it's all really inspiring, incredible work, is that the person that you're doing it for might not even see it, might not even appreciate it, might not even understand it until years later when they've grown and taken on responsibilities of their own.
2: The young kid, you know, you're not always witnessing the challenges that your parents are going through um, in their pursuits of everyday life because you're your own little kid living your life. And I was a bit of an ornery young one. Um, My mom's got stories for that.
1: That's Josh Nelson, founder and CEO of the Judy Nelson Foundation, a nonprofit focused on eliminating the financial and logistical barriers that single mothers face when pursuing their education.
2: And I think sometimes you don't know these things exist until you've experienced it, but it's really rooted in our experience growing up and thinking about how can we set up the next single mother for success, given the challenges or the barriers that we faced or my mother faced in her pursuits.
1: That kind of experience, that impossible-seeming juggling of family needs, career needs, and when time allows it and it almost never does, your own needs of comfort and relaxation, or let's be honest, even sleep, that's something that carries through a lot of single mother stories. In fact, a poll by Reuters indicates that 92% of working moms and even 89% of stay-at-home moms feel overwhelmed by the responsibilities they face on a day-to-day basis. In fact, let's hear from Colleen Nelson, Josh's mother and board member of the Judy Nelson Foundation for her perspective.
3: I obviously was raised in Josh as a single parent. And after about the age of four, we were on our own and we were in Kansas City. And I really always wanted to finish my degree. And I moved to a city where I didn't have family or anybody to watch him. And I tried multiple times to go back to school to finish my degree. And the challenges were so hard, definitely financially, but also with daycare, daycare costs, but also just making sure your kid was safe. So that happened many times when he was in middle school, I would be taking classes and I just wasn't comfortable with who was watching him. So then I would stop taking classes and it just kept a cycle going where I kept trying to go and I couldn't for different reasons. And you know, it makes it really hard on you as a person to keep trying to do it and never complete it. So it also just affects you in many ways throughout your life and just feeling confident in yourself. So that was just a big, big issue going through this.
1: And that's the other really common experience that runs true across a lot of single mother stories. Anandi points out a very similar thing as well. Those massive barriers that can come with knowing that everything in this child's life falls squarely on your shoulders, and the struggles that come from finding a network that can support you.
0: So some of the challenges uh, as a working mom and a single mom, I would say, is when your child is growing up and they're very young, proximity of work to home is super important. I kept myself a close five-minute drive so that if a daycare or a school called me because my kid was throwing up or my kid fell into a mud puddle or tore their pants that I could swiftly turn around, I could go get them, remediate the issue uh, and return back into sort of an office hours or things that I had to do for the office. Those are those are logistical challenges, um, but they're challenges nonetheless. But Often, um, so many single moms end up feeling like they have to put their careers on hold because they can't take the responsibility of a job where the company is depending on them more so because they don't know when something's going to happen with their kid. Many single moms feel the financial burden of being a single mom. And again, it's this sort of sense of, I have to get through it on my own. Everything is on me. So there's an emotional pressure. There's an emotional pressure also where a lot of single moms um you know, don't want to burden anybody else. For whatever reason, I'm in the situation I'm in, and it's my problem to resolve. So, there's a bit of an, I guess, to some degree, maybe an adamancy, you know, outward looking in, you could say, hey, stop being that way. When you're in that position, you also feel, you feel bad in many ways, like putting pressure on society or putting pressure on external people. And then also even finding a network can be overwhelming sometimes, like, I don't know who to find, I don't know where I'm going to go look for a local babysitter. I don't know where to post it to even find a local babysitter. Do I trust somebody who's going to watch my children? What if they're, you know, what if they do something? So all these things weigh on your head.
1: And often juggling those responsibilities can come at a pretty steep price.
3: When I was going trying to pay tuition and to pay daycare, you're trying to decide, do you pay that or do you pay the electric bill? Do you pay your normal living expenses? Do you
1: put gas in your car? You know, when you hear stories like that, it's hard to imagine not being overwhelmed, right? Like, that is an unimaginable weight to put on a person's shoulders. And, you know, to struggle to find that help or to even ask for that help, that is an incredible challenge to face, and it shouldn't be that way, right? Getting support, especially with something as vital as childcare, shouldn't be that difficult when you're dealing with so much all on your own. Which brings us to that question, What kind of help do single moms need and how can we provide it?
0: As Anandi points out, a lot of that comes down to community. If you have a community in a way that can say, hey, don't worry, I know you have an important job. I know you have to get out there and I know you have to do something. And there's somebody I can dial in to pick up the pieces anytime you need. I have that even with like, you know, very different, but with my dog, I have a dog now since COVID and I have dog walkers who I rely on as my backup plan, right? Not that I need her walked every day by a dog walker, but if I have a hard day at work if I'm not feeling great, whatever it might be. Again, you need somebody you can rely on.
1: And to Anandi's point, that sense of community, that gesture of support doesn't need to be something big. Sometimes the smallest of
0: helping hands can make an immense difference. I can't forecast that my kid's going to be sick tomorrow morning on a Monday when I have to wake up. And sometimes I can reschedule my workday and sometimes I can't. And so what do I do? If there is a bit of a community that gets to say, hey... Can I tap your, for even if it's like, can I tap your child? You might have a 16 or a 17-year-old at home. That could be backup babysitter for my child because something's just dropped on my lap. Or um, can someone pick up my kid? They're throwing up. I know I need to come get them, but I can't get out of this meeting right now. I can't get them.
1: Those sorts of gestures, stepping in as a babysitter, offering to pick up dinner, walking a dog, shoveling a sidewalk when it snows. Those are things that anyone can do. You know, we can't move mountains. We're only human as much as we might wish otherwise. But we all have skills. We all have passions. We all have knowledge that we can share with our friends, our neighbors, our community members. We can all offer to babysit for our friends so they can take a class or go to work or spend an evening eating cookies and watching Netflix because we all deserve that once in a while. Those are the kinds of community support that can change someone's entire day or even their entire life. And that's the kind of thing Colleen saw modeled in her mother Judy Nelson from a young age who spent her life uplifting the people around her in every way that she could.
3: I will tell you from a young age, she was all about community. We were, there were four of us kids. I was the youngest of four. We were always taught to help our neighbors. We had elderly people in the neighborhood. We were raking their leaves. We were shoveling their walk. We made sure they had food. If anybody was sick, we would go check on them. And not even the elderly people, even other people in the neighborhood that she knew. She was always out in the community meeting neighbors or meeting other people in our neighborhood and just in our community and in general. She also taught English as a second language at the local library. She would go there once a week and work with people so they could learn English, so they could further their education and their career. She did a lot of things with women's rights. She helped women vote. She was just always trying to make women, like empower women and make them more educated so they could get out there and do more in their life. Another funny thing she did, which, and it's sweet now, once you have kids, I think you realize what that meant. But she did on our way to school, a lot of times if it was raining or snowing, she would pull over and ask the kids if they needed a ride to school. And we didn't necessarily know those kids. So, you know, as a child, you're so embarrassed by that. But now that you realize your mom, you realize what that meant, what she was trying to do. She was just trying to help them get to school and make sure they were getting educated too. And you look back on that and you realize how important that was. So she was a good person, always out in the community and just really believing in everybody.
2: My mom and I always talk about how giving time is one of the, you know, the most critical things that you can give. You can always give money, but giving time is a way that really puts you close to the cause. Thinking about the Judy Nelson Foundation, rooting in what our families always have been about, community and giving back, we thought the best way that we can honor her legacy is by naming the organization after her, because she is our guiding light. You've just heard some of the incredible things she did to just grow community and give time. And so by naming the organization after her, we always get the question, who is Judy? And that grounds us in our mission, vision, and values, and brings us back to our why, which is, honoring the legacy of my grandmother, my mother's mother, and all she did to build community. And we're hoping to do the same in the same light that she did with her time.
1: It's that sense of community, that focus on helping single moms get the support they need to overcome the practical and logistical challenges of parenthood that led to the forming of the Judy Nelson Foundation.
2: The Judy Nelson Foundation is really based in our mission. And our mission is to provide single mothers the opportunity to further their education without financial or practical barriers. And how we go about doing that is by partnering with local colleges and trade schools. We offer grants that pay for tuition, but also the practical barriers you don't always think about when single mothers are pursuing their education, which is childcare costs and other resources necessary for them to go after that education. And so as part of this organization, we've taken a step back and look at more holistically, how do we enable a single mother to achieve her educational pursuits outside of just the cost of tuition or the cost of books? But where are children going to be during this time? Have we accounted for after school programs? It's the foundation of let's make sure we're looking holistically on how we enable single mothers to go after their educational pursuits. And how can we be an enabler? And how do we break down those financial and practical barriers?
1: Those barriers to education are a serious concern. A 2015 survey by the Institute for Women's Policy Research indicates that only 31% of single mothers over 25 years old held a bachelor's degree or higher. And when you factor in the unseen costs of education, especially when childcare enters the equation, it's easy to understand what a massive hurdle those educational goals can be for single mothers. And it's those exact sort of hurdles that the Judy Nelson Foundation is looking to eliminate through targeted grants aimed at helping to alleviate not just the burdens associated with tuition, books, and so on, but other, more specific concerns that can keep women from achieving their educational dream.
2: Look, a single mother is going to have enough challenges in her life raising her kids. We need to be able to remove those practical or, or unforeseen barriers. By partnering with local schools and trade schools, we're able to support single mothers set up these grants that not only just go for tuition, but the unforeseen costs or or the challenges that they'll face. So is it books? Is it access to a laptop? Is
1: it access to
2: the internet? Is it childcare costs?
1: It's an incredible goal. One that takes real meaningful steps towards eliminating barriers for single mothers pursuing their education, but, there is a pretty sizable challenge that comes with building an organization such as this. How do you actually do it? And how do you do it fairly at that? Josh, Colleen, and the rest of the Judy Nelson Foundation board had to step back and assess how they could most effectively deliver on the promise of the foundation.
2: And so that's really where we feel like our model is able to scale is that throughout different cities, if there's trade schools or community colleges or universities we partner with them, we set up a grant program and allow them to manage that. And we're even looking into things on how do we take care potentially of them being able to get meals while they're on campus because they may be doing after school programs, there's dinner, there's all these kinds of barriers. And so by partnering with local universities, we feel that we have a really great model because Wherever there's trade schools, wherever there's universities, wherever there's opportunities to learn, we can create a program uh, there and enable mo- mothers to get through it. And so as a board, we've met, we've done our research and we decided, you know what? It makes the most sense to partner with these universities or a trade school or a community college. One, because they're they're everywhere, right? There are, you know, there are most cities within a drivable distance, you're going to have some type of educational institution. And by us being able to partner with them, They have access to all the things that can break down
1: the barriers. And by partnering with these trade schools, they were able to build an immediate, tangible sense of community, one that spurs institutions to action. And the results? Well, I'll let Josh have this one.
2: Along this journey, our proudest moment has to be our first grant is officially live with Kansas City, Kansas Community College. I think for all of us on the board, when you pull up the website, you see the Judy Nelson Foundation there as an applicable grant that people can apply to. That really became the moment when all of the fruits of our labor became real. Our recipient actually is going to be identified soon. So anyone who's interested, you'll soon be able to follow along her journey. We're going to be announcing that person. We'll do all of that on our social media accounts. So uh, feel free to jump on there and follow and you'll get to follow along as our first single mother goes through the program. And I have to take a quick moment to say the Judy Nelson Foundation would not be where it is without the support of Jaren and everything you guys have done to support us and enable us to set up our first grant, Um, you know, from ideas on how we can expand the organization to just being there to support us along the way. We have to call out like the amazing support that we've gotten from you guys and you've enabled us to sponsor our first single mother. So I think I can speak pretty confidently for the entire board that we are so appreciative and grateful for the time and energy you guys have put in in helping kickstart what we believe is a truly great cause.
1: Seeing the Foundation's mission come to fruition is a pretty amazing thing. And as Anady points out, it's something that really exemplifies the ways that sense of community can have a real impact on the lives of single mothers.
0: Yeah, I think it's absolutely wonderful and so necessary. I'm blessed that, you know, I became a single mom after having sort of my first job, but I also finished my education. So I wasn't in the situation where I had to give up educational pursuit, let's put it that way, to um, get any accreditations I wanted in order to fulfill uh, my careers. I did have to make decisions within my careers to maybe slow things down at certain points of their lives. Um as I was trying to balance the act. But if I think of how hard it was already, and then I think in my head, what if I always wanted to be um, have a business degree? Or what if I always wanted to be a nurse? Or what if I always wanted to be a doctor? Or anything I wanted to do, and that I couldn't even get to that class. Because if you added everything that I was doing, and then you told me I had to go study, I don't actually know where I would begin to study. Um Something would have had to give, right? And in all likelihood, what was giving was something about my ability to nurture the child, whether it's I couldn't be the one taking them to soccer class or I wasn't going to be the one feeding them. And those are such nurturing activities, especially as a single mom, because you know that if you're not giving it to them, who is? And then you don't want to find out when they're a teenager that they resent you or, you know, or that they've gone astray. And then you'll just feel guilty for the rest of your life for not having spent those cycles with them. What the Judy Nelson Foundation is trying to do in terms of creating the space, making it okay and helping these women actually get an education and fulfill those things so that they don't have to feel forever behind. It's not 50 when I'm starting my career or 60 when I'm starting my career, but I can actually try to keep up and catch up. And at the same time, my child isn't what I am putting aside in order to win the game because that would be the worst thing to do.
1: The Foundation's goals, and what they've achieved to date, illustrate one very simple and very powerful truth. There are ways that all of us can offer a helping hand to the single mothers in our life whether large or small. After all, we all need help sometimes, and if I can be cliche for just one second, it does take a village to raise a child. No one should have to do this alone. And really, there are so many ways that we can step up and help out the single mothers in our lives. Helping out can be contributing to the Judy Nelson Foundation through volunteer work or through donations. People
2: can help us by donating to our cause. You can find that at the JudyNelsonFoundation.com or keeping an eye out for volunteer opportunities that we're going to be posting on our social media channels. So we want to create a lot of different opportunities in which people can support us. Fundraising obviously is number one and top priority to us, but we, we never want to turn anyone away if that's a barrier. So we want to have volunteer opportunities where people can write letters to a single mother to encourage her along the way. We're thinking of a lot of small ways in which you help improve the percentages or the opportunities for success. So I would say if there's two ways to help our foundation, it's either one donating or following us on our social accounts. So you can keep up to date with the single mothers that we're sponsoring and potential volunteer opportunities um, that are going to be available.
1: And helping out can also just as easily be showing up with a pizza and a bad movie or offering to babysit, cat sit, house sit, clean the house, Showing generosity, kindness, and support as someone trusted for the single mothers in your life.
0: Help can always even be like, simply like, can, you, can I let kid come to your house right after school and I'll come pick them up oh, an hour later? It's not an everyday thing, it's just a, a this week thing. Um, or pick up a couple of snacks for my child and drop it off at my house and I'll pay you later. There's so many little bits and pieces one could use help in all along the way.
1: However you approach it, the end result is the same thing a mother who feels a little less weight on her shoulders and whose goals are a little more in reach, a child with a little extra love and support during the times when they really need it, and a relationship between mother
0: and child that'll last a lifetime. You know, whenever you push through something and you make it out the other end, even if making out the other end is a tough week, it's a tough month, whatever it might be, whenever you make it out that other end, even though it was really hard to get there, There is something that, A, you personally experience for yourself in terms of, I never thought I could do that, but wow, I could do that. And then when it's raising another little person and they see whether you tell them the sacrifices you've made for them there's like that camaraderie or that relationship is that much more tighter just between two humans. It's, it's no different than, you know, if your friend is going through something and you stand by their side all the way through, or your spouse is going through something or your partner or whomever, you, you stand right by their side. That feeling of who you become together after whatever it is that you're going through is better than anything you could have imagined if you just summed it up as individual events.
1: This has been Sustainability at Work. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you to Josh and Colleen Nelson and to Anandina Arainen for sharing your stories and being the advocacy that you want to see in the world. If you'd like to learn more about the Judy Nelson Foundation, you can check out their website at judynelsonfoundation.com to learn how you can support. Sustainability at Work is, as always, produced by Jaren in collaboration with Salesforce. I am Jeff Stormer, your host and producer. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice five-star review on Apple or Spotify or heading to jarent.com to receive email updates when we drop a new episode. And until next time, thank you again for listening, and we hope to see you again soon.